Yes! Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome! Let the filibustering begin. Hey, movie fans. We're back. It's another Mad About Movies. Movies, rumors, rumblings, roundup. Mm. It's Kent. I'm here with uh, co-host Brian. Hey, Brian. How's it going, man? I'm good. I'm just so pumped for rumblings, you know? News is good. That's my favorite part, too. Yeah. 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 I like the news. I like the rumors. But the rumblings, that's where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got got all of that today. It's uh, it's been a while. We're sorry about that. But we try to do these when things stack up enough for us to do a dedicated full episode for them. We used to do it every uh, episode. By the way, should we go back to that? Let us know. <laughs> Tweet us, yeah. email us if you liked it better when we had the show open with like 10, 15 minutes of movie news talk before doing the review. Let us know. Um, if we, we can keep that going weekly, it's no problem. But uh, we figure people yeah. want to hear us talk about the movie my feeling on that was More. that the the majority liked the news, but that the vocal minority was real vocal about it. So that was well, they mine. yeah they they couldn't figure out a how to fast forward on their device yeah. of choice yeah. as if we're like on the radio or something and you can't fast <laughs> right, forward. Right. You know, yeah. In hindsight, though, yeah. In hindsight, we we should not have gone to every listener's house individually. And force them at gunpoint to listen to the entire episode. That yeah, that that's really was. that was a bad strategy on our part. We got some bad advice. Um, so maybe if we if we combine those two things, we went back to doing a little movie news, and we stopped threatening everybody. Maybe that would help. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe the listener has other ideas. We should just start the episode. Uh, you know, just to be as quick to the review as possible from now on. Uh-huh. Just be like. All right, this week we're talking everything everywhere. Brian, what'd you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A plus. A plus. All, All right. right, cool. All right. And just, <laughs> just, just seven right second there. podcast. Uh, yeah. And yeah. if you add, you add people, people like, like that. that. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, it's been a while. So let us know, though, if you prefer the every week thing, because if the vocal majority on this one mm. uh, gets it back, maybe we'll, maybe we'll flex things around. But uh, I figure it, it's better this way so you can have a dedicated hour to some movie news. So we got some stuff on the plate. Uh, first of all, Brian, how's it been going in your life? And have you, you know, been watching a lot of stuff at home? Are you like up on like some current shows and all that mm. stuff? Or are you kind of like, I don't know, in the kind of movie TV desert right now? No, I. there's a lot. There's a lot to watch right now. Um, I've had a million people ask me about winning time and I know you dug mm. it. I did not dig the first two episodes much at all. And I, what I've just started telling people is like, if that show had come out two months earlier, I probably would have watched it and powered through even though I wasn't digging it. But it, it dropped right when I'm trying to get ready for better call Saul, which I'm way, I'm almost finished the catch up on that. Um, and so then I can, I can watch season six. I think I'm like three episodes into season six at this point that I haven't seen yet. So I'm almost there. I got stranger things coming up. Haven't, we haven't seen a stranger things season in like three years. So I don't remember what happened in that. And I really dig that show. So I'm going to go rewatch all that before there's before only like start, uh, 12 episodes. Of yeah. That's there's fine. not a ton of episodes of that. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's doable. That's why I put it's only season four. First. That show feels yeah. like it's going to be going on a decade. It's season yeah, four. But like, there's a ton of other stuff. I really like severance. I still have a couple episodes of that. I haven't finished yet. Ooh, um, I, I and I really dig it. I just, I just haven't had end, time. Man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And all there's, right. there's several other shows. I'm like, man, I, I really want to watch that or I really want to finish it. And I just, I just haven't had time. So awesome. I bet. You know, my wife does this, uh, does this big, we have this big like musical, uh, that she's in charge of every year. We haven't for the last couple of years cause of COVID. Um, but we're doing it again this year and it's, uh, it's a, it's a huge time commitment. So she's about to be in the season where she's basically working on this thing every single night for two, three weeks. So usually that's a time where it's like, cool, I bought a new video game and I'm just going to watch TV and play video games and stuff. But the other thing too, Kent. And this hasn't happened for this hasn't happened in the podcast era the the Mad About Movies podcast era. The Mavericks are good, so like that's oh, taking up yeah. a ton of my time too. Because they might win a I, title out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, the, and that 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 occupies not only my viewing time but also like most of my brain. When the Mavericks are good, what if they won the I title? Don't think this about year anything else. And, and, so. and just 
Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, know every mean, ten years they're going to pull one of these out. We'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 crazy. A lot less so, stress in our lives can sure. happen if we know once a decade we'll get a Mavs yeah. title. That's, and I'm an idiot when it comes to the Mavs basketball. I'm I'm yeah. a pretty practical person. When it's Mavs basketball, it's like it literally occupies probably ninety percent of my brain. I can't sleep <laughs> when or lose. I had to take like melatonin and stuff to be able to to not. I mean, it's I'm a complete I'm a complete freak show when the Mavs are good. So. That's occupied a bunch There's of a, time, so. Well, that's good. There's a lot of stuff out right now. It yeah, is a yeah. golden age of just TV streaming, limited yeah. series, animated series, all that kind of stuff, man. Mm-hmm. It, it is awesome. It's a smorgasbord of stuff out there. Brian and Richard talked about Moon Knight, mm. but we had a little audio issue with that, so we didn't want to put the entire thing up on the main feed. Make everybody mm-hmm. suffer. So we'll make yeah. the VIP suffer <laughs> for the, the entire yeah. episode of Moon Knight. You weren't there and we so, fell apart. That's yeah, the way it goes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a re- recording issue, but uh, the episode does exist. It's just not uh, the pristine mm-hmm. velvet that you're used right. to. Right. Uh, and so we'll put that on the VIP feed. If you saw Moon Knight and you want our thoughts there, uh, mm-hmm. you know, dollar a week, get you that plus, you know, 500 other episodes. I think I went <laughs> right. back and counted, Brian. I think there's 400 yeah. on that feed now. We have quite a that few. Are, we have quite a few. That are VIP exclusive uh, throwbacks and bonus episodes. Fun, fun times. Uh, so check that out this week, right now, actually, yeah. on the uh, on the VIP if you want. But all that aside, man, we never really talked about Book of Boba Fett either. Mm. Did you get around to seeing that? I did. I watched it. Coop was really into it, um, which helped because I was I was not as into it. Um, it definitely felt like the episodes that felt like the Mandalorian were great. <laughs> so I think they were smart to bring to bring Mando into it and and occupy that space with like Bryce Dallas. Howard I don't know. <laughs> I have conflicting like, thoughts about that, but go ahead. Look, I mean, look, you could totally just push it off. You the I think that. Uh, maybe the Mandalorian proper suffers from those episodes being stuffed into the middle of, of Book of Boba Fett, but Book of Boba Fett needed the Mandalorian pretty bad. So, um, I really liked those episodes. The rest, it felt like, you know, Hey, it's, I, I watched them. I didn't dis, I wasn't like, man, this sucks. I want out of this, but, um, it definitely felt like B team to me. It, 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 it felt like, I mean, I don't I don't want to be uber negative, but like I dis- I do not like Robert Rodriguez. I don't like his style. I don't like the the visuals that he puts forward. I don't like most of the stuff that he does. The reason you hire Robert Rodriguez maybe more than anything else is because he does everything in house cheaply. Um, I would contend that it also looks cheap, but one of the reasons you do that is is and maybe that's part of the reason that this whole thing happened was because Robert Rodriguez says, hey, "I can, I can do all this myself, guys. We can." <laughs> We can keep costs down and and do this, but yeah, it definitely felt like they got the B team of what Star Wars TV shows on Disney Plus have to offer. Yeah, I have conflicting thoughts about it. You know, it was enjoyable for the most part. I think mm-hmm. it's Star Wars, so for me, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna like it. You know, I like it to which degree is is I guess the mm-hmm. the question there. And you know, the whole time you have in the back of your mind, you know. Okay, this isn't the Mandalorian. It's different. Is it better? Is it worse? I don't know. But when you put the Mandalorian in there, you know for sure. Okay, yeah, the Mandalorian's way better than this show because it instantly becomes Mm -hmm. a great show once it becomes the Mandalorian. So it's like it didn't do any favors to the Book of Boba Fett, I don't think, to have that in it because it just minimized Boba Fett even more. And I think Boba Fett, I don't know. Was a character that, you know, the mystery of it all was what made it great. And uh, I was disappointed by a lot of things in that show. But I think overall, you know, it's Star Wars and I had fun. But I think the biggest misstep is like the temptation to put Mando in there. They couldn't even get Mm -hmm. through like one season or I don't know if this was just going to be a one off. But if the whole point was to put Mando in there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like, right. Like they could not resist not having Mandalorian like take up significant amount of time in this, and uh, I would have liked to have seen that just be the first part of season uh, three of Mando, and it felt sure. like that. To be quite honest with you, I was like, yeah. "Is this that? Are they 
going to just go straight in. They got to drop season three of Mando yeah. right after this. That's what I kind of felt like. Like they were just ready to do it and go forward. Right. And, uh, it's it's also weird because they expect people that all watch The Mandalorian to have watched all of Book of Boba Fett. So mm-hmm. if you haven't seen Book of Boba Fett when The Mandalorian comes out, you're going to be pretty pretty right. left behind, I right. feel like. So uh, we have some Star Wars news to talk about. That's why yeah. I, I transitioned us from... Sure. No, to this, I, my, um, my only other thoughts on Boba Fett were just, I think that part of the, the, the fun with Boba Fett is kind of the mystery of it all. Like you said, and when you do a whole series on it, he kind of, he, he definitely lets Tamara you know. Morrison he, can't carry an entire and that, and that show was going to be my second point is like Boba Fett had his helmet off like yeah. 90% of the time. Yeah. He was, it, here's the thing. It was like, they took out the playbook and said, okay, what do we know about uh-huh. uh, Boba Fett or, what do we know about the Tusken Raiders from right. the original trilogy, right. right? Okay, we know that um, they live in tribes, and we know that they have sniper rifles. So they made the entire Tusken Raider culture about sniping right. and like the dancing that they do in one moment of A New Hope. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. we didn't learn anything about the Tusken Raiders beyond what we knew already, and then they'd be... Oh, it was... Uh, we should have done a review on it at this point, but um, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't a great <laughs> use like, of, wow. of Star Wars time in my opinion. Oh. It was fine. My son loved it. Um, and that's so, you know, in, in a lot of ways, like, cool, you fit the bill, but like that character has been built up for 40 years and to have it, to have the story be just kind of, he already got his armor back. Man, like we didn't need yeah. that whole thing where he got yeah. his armor back. It, it, we already was, saw him get his armor back. It was hard uh. not to not to see that that show as a bit of a disappointment, especially given how great the Mandalorian has been for the first two episodes, first two seasons. And yeah, Kenobi looks like it's going to rule too. So I mean, look, there's going to be down spots, and I'm content to continue to have Star Wars however we want to do that, you know. But but yes, it definitely felt more like. Hey, maybe Boba Fett is better. Maybe we should do the reverse of that. Maybe we should have Mandalorian season three has an episode or two where it's mostly Boba Fett, you know, and we go off here and we find out what he's all about, how he got his armor and all this kind of, or got out of the, the, Mm -hmm. uh, the Sarlacc pit or something like that instead of the reverse. That would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. The reverse of like, hey, here's this show about Boba Fett. We're going to have two episodes that's mostly Mando, and you're going to think they're awesome. <laughs> but, Maybe they were just like, yeah. we need something yeah. to bridge the gap between sure. yeah. the seasons of Mando because yeah. uh, Obi-Wan's not going to be ready. For sure. Look, this, when you're churning this, content the yeah, way they we've are, got you're going to have facility where we can just yeah. shoot everything indoors or outdoors in this like mm-hmm. small space yeah. at, at the Disney studio so they can do... Yeah, I can do these so quickly. Um, yeah. So that transitions us into kind of what's coming up next for Star Wars. Did you read this Kathleen Kennedy interview? So uh, yesterday, when everything dropped, I was I usually have a pretty flexible work schedule. Yesterday, I was in a meeting literally the entire day, and so and then I had stuff last night. So I I saw a few tweets about it. Like when I was on a break, I'd click in the Discord and see what's going on, but. But not enough to be like, yeah, okay, I have a great feel for everything that's that's headed our way now. Yeah. So a few takeaways uh, from this. Uh, one, I think that was kind of taken out of uh, out of context a little bit, and I want to defend our boy Ryan Johnson because I saw out there that Ryan Johnson's trilogy has been pushed back by mm. Disney, and that's not what she said at all in the. In the interview, it's not what was asked. What was asked was, uh, you know, hey, wanted to still ask about Ryan. You guys obviously worked with him. Do you still want to work with him again? Would you work with him again? And then she said, yes, absolutely. He's just been really busy. He's somebody that we talk to a lot. Or, we, you know, we've, you know, he's consulted for us on various things here and there since he worked on that movie. But he's been really busy with Knives Out and he made a deal with Netflix to produce some stuff. So he's been doing that. That's that's really like all that was said. It was mm-hmm. never like okay. put anything on the back burner. Here's what I think is they signed him up for a trilogy contractually. Uh, they got a movie out of him and they said, uh, uh, you know, we'll do more at some point when, it, when you know, when we get the time. And they're still probably going to hold him to that contract at some point when they get the time. And so, yeah, I, th- I feel bad for Ryan. That's like. 
people throwing that his project got rejected and pushed back and the money got taken away. It's just not how it happened at all. It's just like it, they're, he's doing other stuff and mm-hmm. they don't hate him or anything or anything like that. It, it's just, it is what it is. This is how the timing kind of works out. He kind of leveraged the success of star Wars into his own career, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and be able to mm-hmm. do knives out. Right. Was uh he self-funded that I think from star Wars Monday. So it is what it is, but um, yeah. What is, what's your impression of, just that headline and and that whole story being a thing. Yeah. I think that we, I, I feel like we, we kind of occupy a a rare space uh, where we liked both (laughs) the last Jedi and rise of Skywalker. It, it feels like a, if you know, either or situation for a lot of people um, or you hate both, but there's not a ton of, at least in my, what I've come Mm -hmm. across there's not a ton of people that, that are, are, are on board for both. Coop has been on a big Star Wars kick lately um, because of the Bad Batch. He watched that, and that got him watching the movies again, and he's been really mm. into it and stuff, which is awesome because it had been a little stretch where we weren't we weren't bringing in a lot of Star Wars. Um, so we've rewatched all those movies recently. There's definitely stuff in Last Jedi that I don't love, and some of the tonal stuff is really my major my major issue. There's there's times where you know the the <laughs> The creature with the you know its nipples and then you gotta milk the the freaking sea cow or whatever is super weird. There's a couple other things where you're like, this just feels odd. And then that whole casino planet. Uh, still, that was my major complaint at the time. It's still my major complaint. It it's it's just a 45 minute MacGuffin. It's not very good. I love Ryan Johnson though, and I think some of the stuff that he brought to that to that world to that series are really good. And I the Ray the Ray Kylo stuff was really good. Yeah. Uh, visually there's some great stuff it's the best visually of the three yeah yeah it's it's a there's a lot to like in that uh in that movie and and ryan johnson's great one of my favorite one of my favorite directors ryan johnson so i'm i would i continue to kind of be of the mindset of if anything the the major takeaway that i think we should take from those those three movies from the sequels is there wasn't an a to z plan and not having JJ just do all three of them was a mistake. And so mm-hmm. I think having Ryan Johnson, giving Ryan Johnson his own trilogy or his own do what, what do you call two? I can't do, I don't know, whatever. Uh, I think that's smart. I think that's a good, and there's, it, it is a, it's such a wide open world. You can do lots of fun stuff with. Um, I'm still fully on board for uh, a Ryan Johnson trilogy of, of Star Wars movies. And I, I think that they'll be better for not having to fit into the Skywalker saga the way that the last Jedi did. Yeah, I think so too. And Kathy said in the interview that, um, uh, you know, some conflicting things. And I want your opinion on this. She said that uh, Star Wars is a place where they let filmmakers be filmmakers. And that, that they just, mm-hmm. and I think the only example of that in history might be the last Jedi. <laughs> Seriously, like where they let somebody write a script and kind of do their version of Star Wars without a ton of oversight or somebody leaving and coming back or a co-writer of any kind. Uh, you know, they obviously produced it together and were heavily involved in making The Last Jedi with Ryan Johnson. But that's the really, I mean, even even Rogue One, I think mm-hmm. oh, Gareth Edwards ended up leaving that at the end. Right, yeah. So... I, I don't think she could have it both ways and, and claim this breeding ground of creative freedom mm-hmm. and be yeah. running off every director in town at the same time and say, yeah, you can have creative freedom if you're willing to give up half a decade, which she says in this interview. You mm-hmm. have to give up three to five years of your life if you want to be in Star, sure. do Star yeah. Wars, period. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, can't go, you can't do a movie and then go do your other project and then come back. I mean, you can if you're J.J., but, right, right. Uh, you know, so that's kind of what they're looking for. And so I think Star Wars fans need to need to realize it's like, OK, if they're going to have if they're going to if they want creative people involved, mm-hmm. they can't get pissed off when creative people do creative things with Star Wars. Yeah, totally. And if, Look, and if you want yeah. if you don't want creative people, then don't get pissed off when you get studio driven movies like the rise of skywalker you can't have it Mm -hmm. both ways Mm -hmm. and i think Mm -hmm. star wars 
is going to operate in the quote unquote, we're, we allow creative freedom, but we're mm-hmm. actually controlling everything. And, uh, the director in his contract is going to say that he did did everything his way mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. You know, they don't want to be known as controlling, but I think at the end of the day they are, and they want voices, but they want voices that will listen to them. Yeah. Look, I I I have been on the side of studio a lot lately with with some of the. You know, the Northmen, I took a lot of flack for griping about the way that, that Bobby Eggs handled all that. Um, and I'm fine with it because I think I'm right and that's okay. <laughs> so, um, but it's got to, it's both ways. It has to be, if you really want to be uh, sort of a breeding ground for creativity and, and great filmmakers that want to play in your sandbox, I think it's, it's just, it's got to be both. It's got to be both, both sides of it. You have to allow for some creative freedom the 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 creator has to allow for playing by the rules that you're establishing and and I think I mean I get it it's I know that's hard I know that's hard I know Ryan Johnson struggled with that um I don't think JJ struggled with it because he was in charge of the project much more than than he was in charge of that trilogy so much more than Ryan Johnson was again the major issue is just like they should have pushed the timeline by a year to let JJ do all three of them um because he 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 had a he had a I think he had some vision of what to do A to Z, but the 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 but Kathleen Kennedy, but the studio did not. I think and, they were and, so yeah, I think they were so like right this was right after it was bought. Everyone was just mm-hmm. so high. Force Awakens was Ryan, the biggest movie of all time. They were yeah, like at right. that point, The Last Jedi was basically written and done, and they were just like Oh yeah, roll the next one out. Let's go. Well, and they and, you know I didn't mean, even think twice. To be honest, I think, I think that's a place where they want to they want to say we're a, we're a home for the creator. We want to to allow for your creativity for your cre- I said that's so weird for your creative vision <laughs> to come to fruition. Um, I think they want to do that. I think I think I think Kathleen Kennedy means it when she says that or believes it when she says that. And I think that was part of the the problem with with. Last Jedi, as it not even as the, for the movie, but as it relates to Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker and whatnot, is you know you have those last two movies, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, kind of conflict each other, and so Rise of Skywalker is sort of retconning um, what's happening a little bit in, in Last Jedi and blah 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 blah. So anyway, it it I, I believe that she believes that there this is a, a creative freedom type of place for for her careers but it's it's got to be a partnership it's got to be both if you want great if you want great directors that have great vision and make good film and all this sort of stuff then you have to allow them to do some of their own stuff but the the flip side of that is if you're ryan johnson or taika watiti or patty jenkins or gareth edwards or whoever else is coming in to make a movie here you're coming in to make it in under our rules because we have a we have a blueprint. We have this we have a we have a design for what is going on that goes so far beyond this movie. And and really goes far beyond this movie and the trilogy or the series that this the branch that this movie is on. We have to think about theme parks. We have to think about merchandising. We have to think about the future of this franchise for the next 10 and 20 years. There's a lot that has to be done here. So again, I'm, I know I'm rambling, but you have to, you have to have a, it's got to be both sides. It's got to be a partnership if you want to make creative, interesting movies. And if not, then what you really want is to make a billion dollars, you know, and that's, <laughs> that's the thing. And so I, I, I get that it's hard. It is hard to kind of figure those two things out. Um, but it was, yeah, Kathleen, Kathleen, I, I, I'm team Kennedy on a lot of stuff, but like her saying all that after we, we ran out, uh, oh, the, the solo directors, who am I thinking of? The, uh, um, Lord and Miller, Lord and Miller ran out, Lord and Miller kind of ran out Gareth Edwards. Remember when they ran out, uh, Josh Trank before, thank God, before he ever got his hands actually on. So, I mean, they fired they, him and he didn't, yeah, they didn't straight up fired him. Yeah. yeah. Which is thank the Lord. But, uh. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 a, again, it's a tough thing. It's a tough middle ground to find, and uh, I'm sure that the, that that if you really got candid review, <laughs> candid commentary 
from Kathleen Kennedy or whoever else, they'd say, I mean, you know, these guys aren't really working with us the way we want them to work with us. So it is a little bit of both ways, but it's it's a tough it's a tough thing for the studio to say that, um, given the the history, what we've seen over some of these movies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, lesson learned. She says they've taken this is what we suspected after Rise of Skywalker came out. We said, you know, mm. I think they'll take three, five years off here with theatrical stuff and really give this thing, let this thing breathe before they roll another trilogy out here. It's what they're doing. And she said, that's the exact reason. There was, it wasn't because they're shifting towards streaming, uh, Mandalorian mm. and, and Obi-Wan and what have you. It's just because they felt like they owed George Lucas the respect sure. of of giving that thing a, a proper goodbye in terms of the timing of it and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally mm-hmm. agree with that. And here's, uh, you know, my concern with it is because Kathleen Kennedy in this inter- interview, again, it's on Vanity Fair. Just type Vanity Fair, Kathleen Kennedy, if you want to go read it online. It's a Q&A. Uh, she says multiple times in here that Star Wars is one story. And here's my hope for the new trilogy, new direction, post-Obi-Wan, because we know that's mm-hmm. coming. The Acolyte sure. is, is also coming, which mm-hmm. yeah. she says it's a pretty big risk for them. I think they're going in like a Game, Game of Thrones, Bridgerton direction with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. They're trying that, trying to get that crowd into it. We'll see if it works. But again, she even says in the article, uh, just like the solo thing was, uh, we're going to try stuff. Not all of it's going to work. And if it doesn't work, we won't do it any- again. So it, it kind of is what it is. And that's that's what happened. So they, my hope with this new thing is, Brian, I love Star Wars. But as much as I love Star Wars, I, I'm, I'm, t- I'm tired of the spinoffs of, of the original trilogy, of the Clone Wars, Whatever it is, if they want to take it in the new direction, like the new direction mm-hmm. that they've established, they want to do a first order stuff and take it there with Ray and Finn and, and those new characters that they've established. I'm kind of fine with that. I'm just tired of, of connections to the original trilogy and I want new characters in my Star Wars. I think the universe has so much to offer that uh, I think there's room for brand new characters, brand new heroes, brand new villains in this universe. So that's what I want a new trilogy to be is all mm-hmm. new faces for star Wars really without the I, legacy cameos and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I do think we, my, my feeling is that we are going that direction. I think one of these next, whether it's this, the, the Taika series or who was it yesterday? John Watts. Is that who got the new one? Yes. He okay. say he's doing a TV show that they say is uh, basically Stranger Things for Star Wars. Oh, okay, okay, I missed that. I the 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 idea of a Knights of the Old Republic series, movie series, franchise, whatever, has been out there for so long that I do think that that's probably that's probably in the works. Whether it's this Taika thing or or something else, um, there there's still I think that that's coming. I think that you can do. There, look, I, there's gonna be a point. There's gonna be a day where they bring back they bring back Daisy Ridley and uh, and the rest and and Oscar Isaac and and the rest of that and John Boyega and whoever else. They're gonna bring those back. They're gonna do another series. Um, I would be surprised if they didn't at this point. Um, some somewhere down the line, but I do think that the Skywalker saga is closed for the time being. Um, and I, and I expect that they're going to see some stuff that's going to go outside of that. Now, how much of that is just the movies versus, or excuse me, how much of that is just the series versus what they do in the movies? I don't know, but I do get the impression. I think they learned a little bit from solo. I think they've learned a a good chunk of stuff. Now, if they can just take, keep those lessons and move forward with them, because I'm with you, I'm, I want to return to this world in with these characters. I love the sequel characters. I think they're great for the most part. I want to go back to them at some point and that'll tie into the Skywalker saga. I would assume that somewhere down the line we're going to get something that's going to tie into the original series, the original trilogy somewhere in there. And I'm good with all that. But I'm with you in that the Star Wars universe is so wide that you should be able to do stuff that isn't connected, certainly not tightly connected to... Does that scare you when she says Star Wars is one story? 
I think there's thousands of stories to tell in the in the universe. I, to to isolate it to I don't know, not necessarily the Skywalker saga, uh-huh. but I guess this this singular empire versus uh rebellion. I, I mean surely those think, aren't the only two people mm-hmm. only two forces fighting against each other in the whole universe. Does that make sense? I, I do. I, I have some concern or worry for that, but it's it to me it's more it's less even about like the micro of Star Wars and more about the macro of cinematic universes as a whole. I mean we talked about this with Doctor Strange last week or whatever with we have they have Marvel has done such a great job for so long of tying all these movies and TV shows now together in a way that's pretty cohesive, but there has to be a limit at some point. There has to be a place where we say enough is enough. We can't keep referring back to something that happened in a movie that came out in 2010. We have to, right. We have to segment this. We have to move on. It's, it's how many more series and movies do we need? Just adding context to, Yes. The I mean, years that we've already seen, basically. Richard and I talked about this a little bit on that Moon Knight episode that you referenced. It, it, there has to be some stuff. It's, it's one thing to say, hey, you have to see three movies a year to understand the next one. It's another thing when you say you have to see three movies a year and also you need to have seen all eight episodes of these other four shows to understand what's, what's happening. Um, so Marvel's doing that. Star Wars, if it's all one story, okay. These are classic movies, and I get it, but it's one thing to say that for the twelfth movie that's coming out that you're like, hey, you're kind of going to need to have seen the eleven previous movies. If you're also going to add into that, hey, by the way, <laughs> you know, there's three seasons of The Mandalorian, there's two seasons of Book of Boba Fett, there's a season of Obi Wan Kenobi, there's an Ahsoka show that you need to watch. There's there's all if you if the if the world of Star Wars is truly all one story and it's going to be all interconnected, it's too much. It is at a certain point it becomes too much to ask, and it's not just Disney Marvel. DC does this too. Um, Harry Potter with at Warner Brothers, they do this too. I'm I'm sure that I'm for any of the big cinematic universes, and th- this seems to be the trend because they because it's where the money is. Let's be real, it's where the money yeah, is. Get you in their silo of content, yeah. and you never leave. Absolutely, absolutely. But there there's going to be a point because I and I think we're already reaching it. Of I I, I don't I don't want to watch Hawkeye, <laughs> you know, <laughs> still at Christmas. It. To be able to go see Black Panther, like I don't care, yeah. I don't, I don't want to do that, and and same for for a lot of these other things. Um, so yes, do I, I, the concept of Star Wars is all one story. I I get, I think I get what she's saying, and I understand. I'm cool. I, that's fine. I understand it. But if you're gonna make that, if you're gonna take that literally, that's where we get into trouble, in my opinion. It's it's. It's too much to put on the plate of of the viewer, and also to be honest, it's too much to ask of uh, the directors and the showrunners and whatnot that you're going to bring into this because you're going to get there's it's already happening. There's going to be uh, retconning of previous content, or hey, we're striking that from the canon or whatever else, and it becomes Star Trek, not Star Wars, and and that's a thing that you know I think should be avoided. So yeah, it it. it or crossover. I think I understand what she's saying. I just I I probably wouldn't say that if I was her, or I would have some some clarification on it because I think it. If you're out there and you're and you're like you hear that and you're like, holy cow, and you have like actual dread for that, I understand. I but I I don't maybe quite as much, but I think that's more of the macro of like this is where big movies, big uh, our big movie business is is headed, and is already at. Right, you know so. what I mean? That's not what happened. It's not one story. <laughs> There's a lot of stories. You thought I was getting this, getting through this without a George Lucas impression. <laughs> it's not what happened. There's Ray. Ray ended. Uh, man. So they say the next movie is going to be the Taika one, apparently. And she said in the next couple months they're going to make some uh, more formal announcements. I guess Star Wars Celebration is around the corner, maybe mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they'll do something yeah. this summer, maybe Comic Con, and uh, we'll get some. Yeah, official yesterday stuff. was a bit of surprise with so much stuff coming out. Um, it wasn't one of those days that you kind of have on the calendar. Is like here comes all the the Disney news, you know? But uh, right. we sure got it. So 
Speaking of that, Pixar just talked about them mm. uh, recently. They um, have announced their next movie. It's coming out next year Ooh. called Elemental. Mm. Brian, this one is not directed by Pete Doctor. And when you read the uh, plot synopsis, you're like, that's the most Pete Doctor thing ever. <laughs> Elemental journeys alongside an unlikely pair, Ember and Wade, in a city where fire, water, land, and air residents live together. Mm. The fiery young planet. woman right. and the go-with-the-flow guy are about to discover something elemental, how much they actually have in common. Mm. So it's a big, good old fodder, uh, fire, water stuff. Mm -hmm. And man, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, the franchise type movies with Pixar and then the other side of things where it's like they're full on like parable mode with these mm -hmm. <laughs> like, sure. yes. stuff is going to, this is no different than that. Like that, that this is going to have so many, um, connections that we can draw in, you know, mm -hmm. other things in yeah. life. It's not going to be like just a two dimensional, no pun intended film. And I can't, <laughs> can't wait for that. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get odds in Vegas on whether or not I'll cry during this movie. So, you know, that's a, yeah, we will definitely make bank on that. <laughs> whatever. I'm, I'm definitely putting money down. Get yeah. whatever I can. Yeah, that's got, it's got to be put one down a thousand to make dollars down. Thousand to make ten. I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Hey, free ten bucks. Free ten bucks. Yeah, I like that. And that won't be out by the time Richard is is a father too. So, oh my gosh, first man, be in the rocking chair watching that one. You know, it'd be like that'll be great. Want to get his thoughts there? That'll be that'll be excellent. Like I said in the Discord. If you're a VIP, you get a Discord access, and and we're basically it's basically like a group text all day. I'm talking movies, and what mm -hmm. I said in there was they released a screenshot or like a piece of concept art. I'm like, this movie is 90 percent done, and they released a sketch from 2013. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, give us something, guys. What are they? Yeah, yeah. Man. they want us to think that they're going to do it all in one year or something. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's done. There. Basically, it's probably done. Yeah, it's basically definitely. done. They're gonna they're gonna hire a voice cast to. <laughs> I mean, what they do at Pixar is they'll get people in house to do the voices, and they'll animate to that, and then they'll get a voice cast, and then they'll get you know re-record the lines with the voice cast, and they'll just change the animation slightly, you know, with the voice sync or whatever uh, lip sync. Uh -huh. And so that's why you see some of these people getting added a month before to some of these animated movies because they can just switch right. out a, an audio file and it's basically right. uh, good to go. So yeah, we'll see who uh, ends up being the titular characters here. It's probably Chris Pratt and uh, let's see. <laughs> Chris Pratt and the other one's going to be uh, Kristen Shaw. <laughs> yeah. Like a very, yeah, it was obvious of, you know, yeah. very trendy voice act actors right now. <laughs> it's good work. If you can get it, man, we should get into that. Field. Oh, heck yeah, that's, man. That's the, that's the, that's the gig. That's the, Best Chris Rock joke, I think. At, well, I mean, the one that's appropriate. It wasn't even a joke. When he's presented the Oscars, he said, you know, you take this job, you go into the studio by yourself, you record your voice for 20 minutes, and they pay you a million dollars. It's just like, yeah, man, this sounds awesome. This Unbelievable. Sounds awesome. Can't wait for that. Look forward to that review coming up. Also coming up, starting principal photography this summer, for a release, I believe next Christmas is Dune Part Two, mm. and the casting of one American treasure, Christopher Walken, as the, in the role of Emperor Shaddam the Fourth. What were you, what did you think of this, Brian, the Dune head? This casting? man, I love this. I love Chris Walken. Obviously, his Q rating's got to be very, very high. Uh, I think that. I think he, I mean, he's such a versatile guy, despite looking and kind of sounding the way that he does. So, no, I think I think this is a really good casting. It that's a that's a relatively small role in the rest of this this uh, this this saga that we're telling. So um, he's not gonna he's not okay. gonna have a thousand. Yeah, he's not gonna have like huge. It's not like huge, the main villain of the. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. No, got it. No, this next this next um, Dune movie is gonna be a whole lot of Chalamet and a whole lot of Zendaya. Zendaya as Michi. Um, mm -hmm. So the you're gonna get a lot of that. You're gonna get a whole bunch of of her character. It sounds too that Denny is gonna bump up 
kind of flesh out the uh, the Rebecca Ferguson role too. Didn't um, uh, Anya get cast? I think well, maybe like I can't keep I can't keep track yeah. of Dune. It's it's just it is like an open casting call of like, hey, do you want to be in Dune? Cool, we got a spot for you. Come on down, you know. Um, especially I think after people saw how how great the first one is, a lot more Brolin in the second one too. Just oh, what great. It's so we're gonna get some of that. I'm excited. I actually wanted more Bautista. In the first yeah, one. He, was, uh, he was awesome. Yeah, I think Bautista. I think Bautista gets more. If I remember correctly, he he should have more screen time in the second one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for that. Um, a couple more things here I want to hit before weekly recommends because Brian and Richard did record that, and we'll put that on the end of here. So mm-hmm. get a taste of that audio quality and if you want <laughs> go on for the moon yeah. night episode yeah. we did record it on a cassette tape yeah. in the other room so just off of an old boom that might have sounded better <laughs> um well i hope you're not a shareholder of netflix brian because it's been Take a rough couple l's, months finally taking some yeah. big l's yeah. uh, they lost they announced they lost two hundred thousand subscribers that was their first loss ever basically in subscribers <laughs> and cut a whole bunch of jobs. Seems like people are losing faith in the Netflix, Brian. We've talked about this a bunch over the years. It's been one of my favorite things that we've, that we've discussed uh, the kind of the business side of all this. Um, Netflix has an incredible lead on all their competitors. Like literally 100 million lead, 200 right. million maybe. Right. <laughs> and and maybe even more important the name. They have the name brand of streaming because when you still when you talk to to regular people um I'm at home watching peasants, Netflix means could mean Amazon yeah. Prime, it could yeah, mean anything. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We call them poors um or peasants. No, when you talk to a normal person who's not who doesn't have a movie podcast or whatever, that's exactly you're exactly right. They they say, "Hey, what you been watching on Netflix lately?" And they it's it's like it's like Texas for Coke, you know. They, they okay, what does that mean? Do you want a Dr Pepper or do you want an actual Coca-Cola Classic? What what do you want? It it it's the same and it's the same as Google. That's the biggest thing maybe that Google has over any over anybody else other than actually also being really good is that you say, "Hey, go Google that" or whatever instead of <laughs> Sure, hey, popsicles, or, Kleenex. Or, there's a yeah. lot, you know. Ask Jeeves or whatever. Um, they have the name recognition. It's a huge thing, and they were the first. They were the first ones. They did an incredible job with that. Um, what has happened over the last you know year plus is a you know we we see we know there's way more competition for for dollars and for eyeballs. The cost of all these things continues to go up. I thought I thought they're. I'm not the smartest business person in the world, but I thought the concept of let's raise prices right now by a pretty, they bumped them pretty big too. It wasn't, it wasn't a dollar. It was a, a, a pretty big increase for some people. Um, that was the first time that I heard like friends of mine when I'd be like, Hey, I'm dropping Netflix because my, my price has gone from, is going from 1299 to 1999 this month, you know, or whatever, 1499 to 1999. Um, seemed like a real weird strategy at the time. And then to kind of coincide that with like, Hey, by the way, we're, we're cracking down on password sharing. Okay, cool. And then kind of triple down with the content, the original content that we are providing lately is not that awesome. And we, you have said for years, can't like that. The thing that they needed to be worried about was that a Netflix original movie becomes synonymous with a crappy movie. And that has kind of 100 percent 100 they have some huge hits they have some huge hits that have you know won awards or been nominated for awards and all this sort of when stuff. i say netflix original movie though what what's the first thing you think of it's it's uh man the first thing i think of is probably that one that they got ben affleck and they got the three guys together. What was it? Triple oh, Frontier. Frontier. Yeah. Triple Frontier. That's the one yeah. I think of when I think of Netflix original or a War yeah. Machine with Brad Pitt. Right. Right. <laughs> Mute. You know. Right. The, the Duncan Jones one. Bright. It, bright. There you go. That might be the poster child for Netflix original movie. And they have they have good movies in there, but there's there's been this. It almost feels like it, because it's true in some extent, but but the two things become sort of intertwined in your brain, even for us where I have a hard time remembering now 
which one of these was a Netflix original movie and which was a movie that they bought at Sundance or TIFF or whatever else and then and they did something with there's like this there's like a divide in your brain between movies like Cloverfield Paradox and uh The Irishman or something like that it the you almost like set those things aside and say well that wasn't <laughs> they're both Netflix movies but one of those is not really a Netflix movies it movie and this one is definitely a Netflix movie they've you know they've really tripled down on the the movie doesn't matter it's the face of the person the people that are in the movie we saw that so much in 2020 when we were having to record episodes on Netflix originals all the time it's like the old guard the budget was $85 million. We spent $70 million on Charlize Theron, you know, and um, project power. <laughs> you know, power. Like- you know, all these shows, all these startup shows that we've been talking about, The Dropout, and mm-hmm. yeah. none of these were on Netflix. I could not believe the, it. I know. I know. The, the, <laughs> you think the they'd have four of them. The thing you get with Netflix, the thing you get with Netflix is that when you sign into Netflix, if you pull it up on your on your TV on a Tuesday night... There almost every single time there's going to be something new that is being delivered to you. It is a content delivery service. And that's on the on the surface that's what they all are. That's what Disney Plus is, HBO Max, Hulu, whatever else. But somewhere over the last couple of years the fascination of man, I love that when I pull up Netflix, I know that there's going to be something presented to me that I've never seen before. That's like tangentially related to something that I watched previously, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've got something. I've got content. I've got something to watch. But somewhere over the last couple of years, it went from that to I turn on my Netflix. I looked at the new I don't thing know that it they or care about any me, of this stuff. And I yeah. think it sucks. And I don't want to watch it. And the movies that they're that they're pumping so much money into are all red notice, you know, and not Something that is not uh, uh, Coda, you know, or something that is actually of quality. And I don't know, man. I, the amount I think of shows that come across that Twitter. way for a while, but at a certain point, if the content is bad, if the quality of the content is bad, that will be the thing that people think of more than the availability of the content. The amount of shows that come across Twitter on a weekly basis, it's like Netflix has canceled <laughs> blank yeah. after two seasons. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I've never heard of that, and never it's probably good it. they canceled right. it because no one else has heard of it either. So it's sure. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that Netflix has ridden the way for so long. I think they have still have a good future ahead of them because they do. They have the people. They mm-hmm. have the net brand recognition. They have the money. They might need to change their strategies a little bit. I think mm-hmm. people are becoming smarter than Netflix. And they're mm-hmm. starting to kind of figure out Netflix, it, how Netflix is using them. <laughs> and I don't think people want content that's created by an algorithm anymore. Yeah. I don't think, I think that worked for a long time. It was, oh, people love, uh, you know, uh, legal dramas and Kevin Spacey movies. So let's make mm-hmm. one. That was mm-hmm. their whole strategy was, was basic, literally taking the, sure. well, who starred in that movie? People like that movie. Okay. Get that guy and put him in this mm-hmm. genre and they were doing that and it was killing people were coming to see him and they were throwing him on the yeah. poster and to release the trailer. Everybody's great. Everybody's happy. But I, I think people just in the same way, Pandora faded out when people don't want a playlist created by an algorithm. Mm-hmm. People don't want content created by an algorithm too. They want human curation. They want feeling. They yeah. want um, care put into the things that they spend money on. Mm-hmm. And so I think they're going to maybe have to gain the trust a little bit back from some people, release some really compelling documentary uh, series that Mm. are produced in-house, that push the boundaries of social conversation in a new direction, release some great independent cinema from some up-and-coming directors that you Mm -hmm. finance and fund yourself, and you enter in Sundance, and they win before you purchase them, right? Mm -hmm. Things like that, I think, can really help and they can't just count on releasing a hundred projects a year or a hundred projects a month. And right. and if one people are talking about and goes viral, then we'll stay in business. Like that's, that's basically right. their, their strategy at this point. And I think it's going to be adjusted over the next couple of years. 
Yeah, they they have done a great job up to this point. I think one of the the keys to the success with Netflix is that they they have had something for everyone. You know, all the other streamers, I think, have I wouldn't call it a niche, but they have an identity that they have is, a demographic that they serve, they, right? Exactly. Netflix they, serves the entire everybody's demographic. Yeah. Absolutely. Netflix for forever is you know, for a long time at least, it's like if you want to watch, uh, I'll say The Office. I know The Office isn't there anymore, but like, but and maybe that's part of the problem. They're losing Seinfeld. a lot of these shows and stuff. But sure, okay, you want to watch Seinfeld? Cool, we got that. You want to watch a true crime docu series? We have loads of those. You want to watch? Uh, my wife watches like the terrible, like the reality like, shows. The Bachelor, you wanna, but so yeah. Much you want to watch anime? Yeah. You want to watch yeah. uh, old totally. classics? Hey, got we have these yeah. movies every week with with big name stars that you know that mm-hmm. you recognize. All these things. So like they've done a great job of creating that that market, but I think as as part of that. It's it's gotten distilled down to the point where where a lot of it just isn't very good. The the last couple of times that I've watched, Lindsay loves docu series things like true crime docu series. Same. I I don't love those things, but it's like something that we will watch together. You know, she doesn't want to watch some of the stuff I want to yeah, watch. Exactly. I don't want to yeah, watch some of the stuff great, she wants to watch. Great cool, thing to watch. We'll watch talk this. about with the wife. You know, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The last couple, and I won't even name them because I can't even name them. the last couple that we've sat down to watch. Like, here's a series we're going to watch together on Netflix. Both of us are just kind of on our phones the whole time. Like, mm. this is, eh, you know, this isn't really, it's, it's not really hitting the, the mark that we're looking for. Same with these movies. We had one movies, come out last week you know? about a, a doctor that, like, fathered. Yeah, yeah. That one's getting a little traction. Yeah. I might watch it. But but be honest, my, my expectation of that has come from, man, hey, you know, they're, Lindsay, I don't think Lindsay and I are, are true outliers. We both have, we have busy lives. We have busy jobs. Both of us do, do, stuff outside of the house in the evening a lot or i'm recording this podcast or she's at musical practice or whatever else there's stretches where we might have i mean really right now we're in a stretch where we we have like maybe one night but most most normal weeks we might have two nights a week where the kid goes to bed at 8 30 or whatever and we've got till 10.30, maybe 11 before Lindsay needs to go to bed. And I need to start working on stuff or recording or writing or something like that. We have like two, let's say two hour blocks in the whole week. And there wasn't, it wasn't too long ago um, that it would be like, hey, I saw this new series on Netflix. I said, I tagged it. We got to watch this. It's going to be really cool. And now it's become like, what do you want to watch? I guess, There's this new thing on Netflix. I guess we could watch that if there's nothing else. You know, if we don't have something else that both of us are are interested in watching. I don't think that my experience with that is is like rare by any means. I think that that is, that is a lot of people. I just think it's kind of lost its luster. And some of that is the consumer changing but I, I don't I don't think it's unfair to say a lot of that is Netflix has put content above quality for the last couple of years. And eventually that erodes away the trust that you have with the consumers. I don't I think they need a complete uh, new direction of their their app. I mean, it is just endless content. It doesn't end. I think that's the kind of the point. It starts playing mm-hmm. after five seconds. You can't even mm-hmm. read the description without it. Counting as a sure. stream for them, basically. Sure. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just so, it's just like stuff vomited at you when you open the app. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I totally. think, I don't know, maybe people are just overwhelmed when they go on there and nothing sticks out enough for people to stick with anything. There's too much stuff for people to mm-hmm. go back and see season two or even know there was a season two. People on our Discord were saying that they wanted to watch something uh, last week and it was a new movie that came out that week and it was nowhere on their homepage. They had to go sure. like search for it. Yeah. 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 I mean, Richard Linkletter made a movie this year. Yes. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> like, I did watch it, that. It, um, okay. Spoiler alert. Uh, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do my recommend now. Okay. Incredible movie. Sweet. I, 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 I love Richard Linkletter. One Fantastic of my top two favorite directors. Movie. I can't wait to watch Cannot it. Cannot wait for you to see months, it. So clearly uh, I can't wait. You tell know? your parents to see it because uh, I already told mine. It's it's a great kind of family. Oh, it's greatness, man. You'll love nice. It. Awesome. If you can get the, get over the animation style, you'll love it. Yeah, it looked cool. It looked cool. Um, I I really want to see it. It's just it's the 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 amount of content that is that is available all the time. You know, it's hard to find find the time to do it all. Yeah, man. It's um, and you know they're. 
very dark days right now for Netflix. But uh, like I said, they've got a good old hundred million dollar lead. I mean, a hundred uh, million mm-hmm. subscriber lead on right. most uh, streaming services right now, and so I think uh, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, you should. If you're at Netflix, you should be looking at this as an opportunity to kind of, I won't say rebrand. But to to kind of look and say, okay, what is actually important to this? What what's the thing that we're tr- thing or things that we're trying to do? Now let's let's get better at those things, and maybe this is sort of a maybe this is a chance to kind of have like a come to Jesus moment, you know, with with within the organization within the company of let's get this figured out because look, I don't think that we're at risk of like in five years Netflix isn't a thing, but it's not too crazy to suggest that i mean we've seen how many times have we seen a great it's not crazy to suggest that that you know at the end of the year they've lost another million subscribers and then more layoffs and and it's just a spiral yeah and and suddenly that blank check that you've been operating Mm -hmm. with for the last five years is no longer blank you know (laughs) you have to start if they want to really lose subscribers i'm serious do go ahead with this password thing. If they really want to piss people off, go ahead, do it. They're going to lose millions in a day if they do that. Yeah. Well, at the same time as you're raising prices, like what are you talking about? It's there's a lot of options out there. I don't know. I you can't get Stranger Things on Disney Plus or whatever. What's so, great about the other ones though is cool, too, like man. about the Peacocks and the Paramount Pluses and Hulus, mm-hmm. they have. Like you can watch the NBA finals on those or whatever, or the Oscars, you know, they have live elements to them too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no, nothing live on Netflix. Maybe they needed to go that route. Maybe there's Netflix Netflix live where, I don't know. They're buying NHL streaming or something. I don't know. We've been, we've been saying for years that the, that the streaming wars are going to get worse before they get better. There will come a point at which, uh, whatever Apple buys, you know, Paramount, you know, or whatever, like you'll, you'll connect some of these things eventually, but at the moment there's too much out there. And the last thing I would say, cause I know we've been on this forever is like, I think that one of the lessons that you learn from the, that you, that we can take from the pandemic is that when we really stripped things down and pulled, pulled things back a little bit, like we, we mostly all had to for a long stretch, this is going to sound like super corny, like you kind of figured out like what's actually important to me and what's not. And um some things you rush right back to when every when it's open. It's like, hey, restaurants are open, cool. I'm going back. And then a lot of people were like, actually, I learned how to cook really well over the pandemic. And I'm not I'm not needing to go back to the restaurant as much. I think that when we had like a three to eight well, it we were whether you want to say lucky or unlucky living in Texas, the the pandemic here was different than it was if you lived in whatever, New York, California or something like that. When you have a stretch where there wasn't anything to do, one of the the byproducts of that is that FOMO kind of takes a major backseat to everything else because you you don't you can't have FOMO of someone else just sitting in their home. You can say, man, their house looks awesome, you know? Um and I think that that's been one of the drivers on on streaming is you have some FOMO over this show that is on Paramount Plus or HBO Max or Netflix or whatever else, and it's just like, man, I got to see that. What do I got to? Okay, I got to get I got to get Apple Plus to watch Ted Lasso. Okay, all right, I'll make it happen. Um, and and now I think that that having a good stretch where you're not really having quite as much FOMO about what what's going on in the world kind of puts into people's brains of like, you know what? I haven't seen the flight attendant and I'm okay with that. Like I don't, I, you know, I'm good. It's fine. Um, I was in a meeting yesterday where I was sitting around a table with 11 people. Ted Lasso had come up in the previous meeting that we were in and uh, as a like sort of an object lesson and like, I think eight of the 11 people that I was sitting at the table with were like, I don't even know what Ted, or I haven't seen Ted last some range from, I haven't seen it to, I don't even know what that is. And I think three years ago that would have been brought up and everyone around the table who hadn't seen it would have said, Oh, okay, I'll go get Apple plus. Cause I've got to see this. It's clearly a big deal. I've got to see it. And instead it was just kind of like, okay, yeah, I missed it. Or I'll get to it when I get to it. And that's probably going to be never, you know? Um, I think that's part of the issue that all these streamers are going to have to figure out. It's just that I think Netflix is facing it sooner than, than some of the others. 
Yeah. That's the end of my rant. Sorry, I went on and on for forever on that. But No, no. I, that, that's all good stuff, man. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that couldn't even count how many streaming services they are subscribed to. Totally. And so, yeah, you got to start making choices. When one comes along that has your favorite Premier League team and the other doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, that, mm-hmm. that kind of happens. Yeah. And so it's a it's a crazy wild west out there. And we'll keep you up to date with it here on the Mad About Movies movie news rumors rumblings portion of the show. But for right now, let's uh, take a little break and then get to weekly recommends. Weekly recommends. All right, Arby. Uh, what, I'm going to throw it to you, my man. What's uh, what's your weekly recommend this week? Yeah, I was. We were talking about. I had one kind of bookend in a show, but I can do that in the next couple of weeks. I've been watching and liking. But I'm going to do on this cool thing. It's a music video and song. Um, I think it'd be perfect to go on with this. Uh, the Curse by Josh Ritter. Have you ever watched the puppet music video? No, I don't think I have. Mm-mm. So The Curse is a great song by Josh Ritter. It's like a waltz about a mummy, an Egyptian mummy that comes to life and falls in love with the Egyptologist that's studying him. Um, but they made a great puppet music video out of it that like goes, I know it's really out there, but I think I think people, it's a beautiful song. And you were talking about Egyptology earlier and there's a great line in it that where she asked him, um, long ago on the ship, she asked why pyramids and he said, "Think of them as an immense invitation." I always thought that was a great line. <laughs> yeah, um, to come to come study us, you know. Um, and so, uh, talking about this show, kind of put that in my head. I love that song. I think it's one of the best story songs ever written, and mm. uh, the music video is really cool and and uh, kind of anomalisa-ish, uh, eerie and creepy with these little uh, mummy puppets and things like that. But I think anyone—it's one of the most romantic and beautiful and. Uh, cool songs lyrically ever and it's got a cool kind of waltzy piano line so the curse by josh ritter youtube it hit it up on spotify but youtube it and watch the uh, puppet video too that's awesome man i love josh ritter um i'm gonna watch i pulled it up i'm gonna watch this after uh, after we get out of here one of the great uh <laughs> selfish losses of of covid there are many much more significant losses you know like lives and stuff uh but we were supposed to see, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you believe the mainstream media, um, right. which we don't, obviously, we do our own research right. here at Mad About Movies. Exactly. Uh, the we were supposed. I've to been see. asking Jeeves about COVID since March. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> hasn't been updated in a while. Uh, we were supposed to see Josh Ritter doing like a solo tour yeah. in a a church here, which was cool. going to be really cool historic yeah like he his his uh his music fits that that vibe yeah. so well uh it would have been really cool hopefully i know he's done a couple of those up in sort of yeah. the northeast so maybe maybe he'll come back this way uh soon he was i think he was the last concert i no i saw i saw a black keys with kent in like november pre-covid but in maybe june or july of of 2019 yeah we went, Lindsay and I and, and our, and Tobin and Jody went down to uh, Austin to see him play. That was one of my, that's one of my favorite concerts ever. He's the best. He's the best. Yeah, Maybe awesome. the best songwriter of, of uh, his generation. So cool. Recommend. Um, I'm going to recommend a little documentary that popped up on Netflix uh, a week or so ago. It's called like a Rolling Stone, the life and times of Ben Fong Torres. Um, it is a documentary about Ben Fong Torres, who was the, uh, the editor of Rolling Stone for years and years and years and years and years. Um, he's the, and he's, uh, he's in almost famous, my favorite movie of all time. He's the, the, the editor there. That's uh, that the camp crow stand in is, is uh, working with. Um, and it's just a, it sort of just goes through his, his life and, and ties in sort of where he is at these various points over the course of 30 years um, with where the music is during that time. And then also like where the culture is during that time as well. So it's uh it's a pretty, I mean, it's a small kind of slight type of, of documentary. It's, it's not, I, I you know, it's not going to win an Oscar for groundbreaking documentary kind of stuff, but I've always loved Ben Fong Torres and the um, I, I, I think that he has such an interesting story. So it starts, it, it ties in like the, the events that he was dealing with, that his family is dealing with as um, 
as Asians in this country during a time certainly was pretty rough to be of Asian descent um, and sort of then ties that into like how he had like his relationship with his parents and what it was like <laughs> being the editor of Rolling Stone and, you know, in an Asian household and whatnot. Um, it was very interesting and really cool. And it's, it's most, it's, it's him narrating either on screen or through voiceover through most of, of the movie. Um, but it, it has a lot of great stuff. It's him with it's Dylan. It's, it's Elton John's in it a few times. There's all of those great musicians and bands from that time period he intersected with because of his, uh, you know, of his position and whatnot. And uh, one of the greater, one of the better journalists of our time and really cool documentary. So I think you should check it out, Richard. I think you probably dig it. Um, yeah. I'd love to. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Make sure you become VIP if you want that Moon Knight review. And until next time, see you at the stomach. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I've got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. Yeah, yeah, just as it's